Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Subs, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Woo! Welcome, everybody. It is... November, is today the 3rd? November 3rd. It is. I'm pretty sure it's November Friday, 3rd. Yeah. November 3rd, 2023. We are just on a crash course for 2024. We're going to get there really soon. Um, Speaking of that, have you started your Christmas shopping yet? I have not, no. I actually have. So really? last weekend, yeah, last weekend I got Sean Denovan's Christmas present. Oh my gosh, a lump of coal. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to love it. I yeah, can't wait. I'm sure. I haven't got yours yet, but okay. what do you buy a doctor who has everything he wants? You know what doctor I mean? Doctor doesn't have anything. Don't worry about it. Buy you some time off, maybe. Buy, <laughs> buy me. There you go. Yeah. Uh, no, because I'm a very famous uh, Christmas Eve shopper. Like I, I, I know. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm amazing at it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Dan. Uh, all right. So today, this is episode 135. Welcome to episode 135. We have a special guest in studio, Bryce Knatzer. And uh, he's. we're going to get into his story in just a minute. Uh, and, but before we do, how about, let's talk a little bit about the folks that help us put this podcast on. Yeah. This podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for our sponsors. We want to thank them so much. So, uh, for episode 135, part one is brought to us by steps recovery centers. Steps recovery centers is an adult substance abuse and mental health provider. Steps recovery centers provides all levels of care. They have a medical detox facility, multiple residential treatment centers, and outpatient services reaching from the top of Utah to the bottom. Recovery starts with you, and at Steps Recovery Centers, there's always hope. Call them today at 801-800-8142 or visit their website at stepsrc.com to learn more. We appreciate them sponsoring there's this podcast. always hope, says there's Steps. always yep, hope. Always. That's right. I don't know if you've heard of a company called Rise Up Supplements. Heard of them. They are also one of our sponsors. Yep. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. That helps the brain, the noggin, the noodle, the old think tank. So they have two powerful blends to choose from. You have the mindful mood, which is like the break. It helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. Then you got the mind shift, which is like the gas pedal. It helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Place your order today at riseupsubs.com. That's R-I-S-E-U-P-S, U-P-S dot C-O-M. At checkout, punch in all caps, podcast 20, to save our listeners 20% off just because we freaking love you guys, dude. You, you didn't say the big word. Uh, what is the big word? Nootropic. No, he said nootropic. Oh, he did? Yeah. Right. I found out that's a triple word score on Scrabble when you use nootropic. Is it? Really? Nice. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm Somebody told little, me that since I can't spell. I feel good today, man. I'm on, I, I'm on mind shift today. Yeah. I oh, did yeah. some mind shift. I took some mind shift today. I don't do it every day. Sometimes I do the mindful mood if I'm just like wanting to chill. Today, I feel like I need to use the old noodle. So yeah. I got the nootropics yeah. flowing in the blood. Hell yeah. We've abused our noodles for a long time, most of us that listen to this podcast, right? My noodles usually run on like one brain cell. Yeah. So I got to optimize <laughs> that brain cell to the best of my ability. Yeah. Well, keep that one thing pumping, right? That one <laughs> cell's got to do a job. Wait a minute. Which noodle are we talking All about? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I meant the one cell. How did you even get there? I don't know, man. I, mean, I for sure was... Very innocently saying, you were talking about one cell, and I said, yeah, you got to get, get keep that one thing. The noggin, open. the noodle, the old yeah. think tank. You guys went, you, you, know, you went in the ditch on that, not me. That this was is not, not a Viagra product, Doc. Okay. It's, it's right. blood flow in the other direction. All right. Golly. Take All right, well, let's get easy. to it. Our sponsors are going to fire us. <laughs> no, they're not. Let's get to some uh, new and goods. Can we do that? Absolutely. All right, so one of the things, Bryce... Uh, I don't know if you've heard the podcast much, but we always at the beginning do new and good. So something good in your life or something new in your life that, that is good. Uh, you got anything in your life that's new and good? Yeah. Um, actually, I got a lot of new and good things. All, All right. I have is new and good things, to Love be honest that. with you. Yeah, man. It's, it. it's been so uh, I, I've been uh, clean off of uh, heroin for a year and two months now. Uh, clean off of uh, meth and all that other stuff for about, I think it's about 90 days now. Okay. And just for this 90-day period, right, uh, ever since I decided to get sober completely on my own and just say, you know what, Bryce, it's time to stand up and do what you got to do. 
And uh, I did it, and it's just ever since I did it by myself, it was like I had to go through all these lessons in life to realize that I couldn't do it for not nobody but myself. And I was trying to do it for everybody but myself sure. this whole time. Sure. So now this time it's different, and God has been uh, with me every step of the way. He's been opening doors. I've been jumping over mountains that I didn't think I'd climb ever. So it's been it's been a journey, man. I'm 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 happy. Sweet. Sounds Sweet. like some good gratitude. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Jared, you got anything new and good in your life? Yeah, yeah. Specifically this morning, I woke up this morning. I went to uh, an AA meeting at the Alano Club, and the the taught the reading of the day hit me pretty hard. It was some step eleven stuff around prayer and meditation, and those are two things that I'm not great at because the story I tell myself is I'm a super busy guy, and so I neglect prayer and meditation. So new and good for me today is I made a new commitment for the next 30 days. I'm going to pray and meditate every day. Mm. And I had a great Halloween, safe, sober, fun Halloween. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of people over that are in recovery or friends, coworkers. Sweet. A lot of good stuff. We're going golfing tomorrow. We're doing a yeah, podcast no. today. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. beautiful. Man, a lot of good stuff. That is good. I feel like the new and goods too, like, man, it's just good to take an opportunity to like, validate the things that you got going in your life. Yeah. So our listeners, if you're listening to this, what, you, what is your new and good, man? What do yeah. you got going on around No, it's you? a great exercise, right? Yeah, just yeah. reflect a little bit. It, as, as you know, as the people that have listened to the podcast know, I'm actually not great at this. Like I, I, I understand <laughs> that my world is filled with some unbelievably great things, but when it comes to down to like somebody puts me on the spot and says, well, what's new and good in your life? I, I don't know, geez. What? So do you think, is it now, listen, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you here, sure. you know, but do you think that it's, it's because like you're, you're just a humble guy? No, I think that humility is fake. First of all, I really do. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. No, on a future I, I, day. Listen, I, uh, humility is not my strong point. It is for sure my weak point. And it's one of the things I've learned something about myself in recovery is uh, you know, humility, until I got a little bit more humble, I wasn't going to get clean and sober, mm. right? So humility's tough for me, but it is something I work on probably more than anything else. I work on humility in my life. So, but if you hear me, um, if you hear me saying uh, negative things about myself, people, the, the, the people that do your job mm -hmm. will tell, will tell me not to say that. Mm. I know I don't mean it. Like when I say it, it's not, I don't really believe I'm a jerk or I'm a, a, a dumb idiot. Can I, or, can I tell you something about that? Yeah. So check this out. Um, uh, that, it's crazy that you bring that up because uh, that uh, self-talk, negative self-talk, right? So the reason I got sober uh, and I, and I, it was, it, I've been clean this long now uh, was I was on, I was on my mom's back patio and I was gambling on my phone. Mm. Another horrible addiction that I stopped. Sure. Um, and I lost. And mm. the first thought that came to my head was suicidal. Mm. And I was like, 7 a.m. Right. Chill out. I don't have to kill myself. I don't have to kill myself before breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Why don't you drink some coffee? Let's see how today goes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Chill out. And then it dawned on me that I've been, I've been rude to myself for this whole my whole life and then it actually dawned on me that very same moment that it's my fault that all these things that happened to me up to this point were all my fault because i was talking bad to myself attracting the negativity that was coming to me sure so as soon as that hit me i cried for about 15 minutes uh went upstairs grabbed the meth pipe smashed it took it downstairs said hey ma i'm done dumped it Sweet. Been on ever since. I like that. So uh, realizing uh, how much power words have. So like the words you don't say out loud are the strongest ones. Mm -hmm. And you can't talk to yourself negatively in any kind of way, even in a joke, because you, your, your, your inner child, your inner spirit doesn't know how to decipher it or take it any other way but serious. Yeah, no question. So, so you're, you're, you're slowly jabbing at yourself, and it's, it's causing damage. Yeah. So just love yourself, man. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm going to get a tattoo on my arm. Says Dr. Sellers. <laughs> yeah. You should, man. I'm absolutely. Let's do it. Please, please do not do I'll that. Pay for anyway. it, I'll pay for it. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna get a tattoo on my arm that says Dr. Sellers. Yeah, so, like, I'm gonna get a tattoo on my arm that says "Be nice to Bryce." 
Oh yeah, because honestly, that's the fundamental like number one thing. That's like the cornerstone of my recovery. Like doing it on my own was just like being nice to myself, not calling myself all these horrible things, and truly believing in myself and loving myself unconditionally. Because I can't love anybody else or like push this agenda in a healthy manner if I don't truly like love myself enough to do so. Because that's just the way it's got to be, you know. So thanks, Bryce. I know that it sounds. Never mind. I'm not even going to. I think that there's. I get what you're saying, though, Doc. There has to be like a healthy balance, right? Because fake optimism is not healthy either. Mm -hmm. Fake, you know, like I. So I get it, right? Sometimes you have to be realistic. I have a pretty healthy love for myself. This is why I struggle with humility. Part of it, right? I. I got through med school looking around the classroom, thinking I'm smarter than everybody in here. (laughs) Right. Right. So, uh, so when I say oh, I'm a dumb idiot, I know I don't mean that, but right. I, I get it. It's not, it's not a great habit. I wouldn't teach it to people. I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, Sean, over there in the corner, what's doing good in the world of Sean Denovan? I'll find out tonight about seven o'clock. What do we got going? Well, I've I've lived my life wanting a hot tub. Oh, oh yeah. And oh. so many many years ago, I got one for like two hundred bucks. Okay. And it lasted as long as a two hundred dollar hot tub. You know what you get when you buy a two hundred dollar hot tub? You give it away for free. You get a two hundred dollar hot tub. That's right. Yep. So we've, done, we've done that a couple of times, anyways. So over the summer, we actually spent a couple of bucks and actually got like a real one. Like yay, we got like a cement pad. Yay, we filled Whoa. it. Yay, it it leaked. Boo. Yay. Oh. No, no. So, so the guy who's uh, who sold it to us has been in the process of trying to fix it, and he's bringing the motor over tonight, and hopefully the hot tub that we've had in our yard since August will will actually be able we'll to finally use for the first time. Finally. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. And this is one of those, like, you know, like, wow, are we spending this much money? Like, okay, let's give it a shot. So it better work. So if, if 7 o'clock comes, and it's on, and it's warm, it's new and good. If not, it's going to be cold it's and, and bad. Yeah, yeah, it's cold and wet. Wait, but it's not. What I heard is eight o'clock. Yeah, uh, we're there. Hot tub party yeah. at Sean Denovan's house. Bingo! The address is two forty six South <laughs> Fairfield Way. Heck yeah. Zip code. Park in the neighbor's lawn. They don't care. I heard it's also a time machine. His hot tub. So yes. Let's go yes. do it. Let's go do the hot tub time machine. Oh, we have tall fences, so, you know, it's, it's you know, wink, wink. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, so I don't have to wear any clothes is what he said. I think that's what he said. I, that is what he said. That's what he said. I don't have to wear any clothes. Sweet. So that's my new and almost good. That would kill some people. <laughs> All right. Let's roll. Bryce? Yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, Who are you? Where are you from? What's your life like today for a second? Okay, I'll give you a little uh, me in a nutshell. Okay. I was born October 18th, 1989. Okay. I was born one pound, three ounces. Uh, I was Ooh, a premature man. baby. Oh, that is tiny. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, struggled with uh, addiction and uh, had my, my whole family struggled with addiction. Uh, it's kind of plagued our family. Uh, so... For me to uh, go through my childhood uh, the way it was, it wasn't the best, but I mean, it built a lot of character. I went through a lot of things, but it was necessary to get to where I am. Um, So for me to always just have adapted to music and start this organization, um, honestly, it's all up to this. It's all God, really, because I've walked this whole journey. Like, I'm blessed to be here, for one, just from my birth, but then the several overdoses that I've uh, survived... I'm just really grateful to be here. Uh, so I wake up every day grateful just to be up and alive. Like I sure. wake up, I wake up early That's on purpose mm. because I'm trying to get the most out every day. Cause like, I am really thankful to be here. Um, so like, um, you, you talked about the organization that you're, mm-hmm. that you're doing. Yeah. Go ahead and say the name. Uh, Rapture Recovery. Uh, it's a, a music based therapy program. Um, I've always made music. Uh, my whole life, like when I was uh, like four years old, I was on the news for imitating Garth Brooks. <laughs> that was the only way my mom could get me to um, do my inhaler and my breathing uh, treatments. She would uh, uh, build a shrine in the living room and say, she'd get on the phone like she's talking to Garth Brooks and say, hey, he says, sit down and do the, uh, he, said, <laughs> he says, sit down and do that treatment. Smart mama. <laughs> so. Wow. She got so you in. learned manipulation at an early age. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's funny. Absolutely. Well, that's what you do with the young kids, right? It's yeah. all about manipulation. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, man. Uh, so I've always loved music. Um, and then I end up experiencing a bunch of stuff. And uh, 
going through life and heartbreaks and just coping the wrong way and then getting introduced to drugs at such a young age and uh, looking as old as I did. Uh, so, like, I was, like, 16, 17 going to Wendover and gambling because I had, like, a beard, no hair, looking old as shit. Nobody even say nothing. You know what I mean? So, like, I kind of grew up fast. Um, but I, I learned a lot, and I, I went through a lot of— I, I don't know about old as shit. Maybe <laughs> just scruffy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, well, for, for being— You looked for, older than your age. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay. And uh, so uh, it's just been, it's been, it's been a great journey. And uh, I was uh, lucky enough to uh, go through this whole drug addiction thing, right? And um, uh, I called lucky too because it really taught me a lot about who I am and who I wanted to be. And it, I didn't realize who I wanted to be until I became who I never thought I'd be. And that was that was a, a, a really a humbling moment. Um, so um, to be able to uh, make music, start this organization. And kind of use music to help me because music's always helped me cope. I've always wrote about my problems and released it, and it's kind of helped me like close chapters in my life, if you will. Yeah. So like, I want to give that same outlet to other people. Sure, that's cool. Because it's it really helps a lot. Like yeah. I don't think nobody really takes into consideration. I don't think about like how much. So like when you record something personal about your life, right, that you're trying to let go, and you put it out there on display, and then you hear it back. Uh, and you uh, listen to it uh, in like third person, if you will. You're able to reflect on it from a different perception. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? And it really, 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 really helps a lot. And it came up, and I, and and it helped me uh, come up with this little saying I always say. Can about, I pause you for one second? Yeah, yeah. So therapeutically, there's a process that I really like my clients to do. It's called daily reflective journaling, and it's the same concept, right? You you go through the files in your mind. You think about the last 24, 48 hours, the situations, the circumstances. Did you show up as the best version of yourself? And if the answer to that is yes, then great. Keep doing it. The answer to that is no. Do you need to make an amends for that? Do you need to correct next time? What do you need to do to show up to be the better version of yourself the next time? Right. And there's something about, and I share all that to get to this. It's very similar to writing music. When you, there's a little bit of a a bullshit filter, if you will, between your brain and your hand. Mm -hmm. Sean's busy over there. <laughs> I know. This is, yeah. Um, Sean's got some post-editing to do. It's, there's a filter. You know, your thoughts, you can lie to yourself in your head real easy. When you're forced to write something and ha actually have to take the energy to put it down, Yeah. somehow it comes out a little bit more authentic, and then you're able to, you're you're thinking it, you're writing it, you're reading it, right? Like it, it there's just a whole internal process that happens there. It's a beautiful thing. And I think it's the same thing when people say writing music is therapy to me. Well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. It's you're writing down its internal thought, right? It's internal dialogue. And, and then you're recording it with a rhythm. Mm -hmm. So how could it not be? Like, you it totally know what I mean? makes sense. Like, like it's the, the way I look at like writing stuff down period about whether it's a goal idea or anything. Cause like where Rapture recovery came from was I was sitting in jail um, and I would write these things called daily reflections at the end of my day to kind of check myself, like, how did I, how did I go about the day? What were my thoughts about? How did I overcome them? You know? So you literally did kind of one of my yeah. four assignments. Yeah. That's cool. So I, I would, I would write these things, uh, daily reflections every day, which with me being who I am it, uh, at the end of it, it would always turn into a rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there would be a part of rap or a sure. bar or two in there, right? So I wrote rap to recovery and it started with me writing rap to recovery, getting this feeling from God, like, yo. That's something. So I put it from my brain into the physical world on a piece of paper and then turn it into a nonprofit organization that I know for a fact, if I just keep on pushing, we're going to be able to help a lot of people. There you go. Yeah. How, how, which brings me to my next question. Um, when did you start Raptor Recovery and how many years have you been going? Do you have a 50C3 nonprofit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started in 2019. Um, I took a loan out uh, to pay for the attorney to make it completely legit, a national nonprofit. Um, so it's a completely uh, federal recognized uh, entity. And uh, yeah, I've just been slowly pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, it hasn't been an easy road. I mean, I've tripped, I fell. Um, I've uh, fell all the way down again after thinking I was in a position that I was like, no, I think I've, I've won. But then that's what I didn't realize. You can't get comfortable when in recovery. Like I really like when I was in drug court and I started Raptor Recovery and I was just kicking butt, right? Kicking butt, kicking butt, kicking butt, kicking butt, you know? 
And I just felt like so invincible that I felt like I got so far away from it that I was, I was like, I was cool. But I got comfortable. The first time I went through like something major, I coped the wrong way because I was comfortable. So it's just lessons, you know. Well, I think that isn't that recovery, right? Absolutely. That's, that's that whole thing is recovery right there. Mm-hmm. We are going to fall down in our lives. Yeah. If you don't, you're never going to grow. Mm-hmm. Right. If if the road you walk down is the easy, simple road, and you're never tested or tempted or have to overcome obstacles or anything like that, that person doesn't grow very much. No. You grow from getting up. Mm-hmm. I also think that you grow from walking it backwards and learning from it Mm -hmm. because right you think about the definition of insanity doc right it's it's doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result and so i like when people go out and they lapse and you know they they while they're in treatment they use and they come back i don't i don't demonize the use it's like let's let's take a look at it and let's figure out what went wrong and what can we do next time let's learn from it Mm -hmm. right because the inability to learn from it and grow just turns into insanity. Mm-hmm. I think we do the same thing. Like uh, uh, very similar. When somebody relapses, I the first thing I want to know is what'd you learn? Like, did you learn anything? Mm-hmm. And can you learn something out of that? Because if you do, then the relapse doesn't have to be a complete and total waste. Now you've learned something more about your life. You have a little bit more feedback on how you react to things. But if you take that feedback and then grow from it, okay, then uh, it wasn't a complete waste. Mm-hmm. If all you do is relapse and don't learn anything, yeah. Well, that was a waste of time. Like it's it's a like honestly it's crazy to like. Um, I feel like us as addicts, uh, well, us as humans, really, we're all so like we're, we're self centered in a way when it comes to like thinking that this like life is all about us. For sure, right? Because like when I when I passed away uh, one of the times, I was they, they put me on life support and all that kind of stuff. They were like telling my mom, "You got to get out of here. He's he's not going to make it." Uh, and what the, the only thing I could remember from that little brief moment was like I looked at everything it was like dark and I I was like a giant and I looked at everything that I loved and it was my family and all these memories and all this stuff right and I was stepping over it like a giant into this darkness and it was like peaceful mm. and, the, and the and the one thing that the only thing that hit me before I woke up was I felt really silly because I was like wait a minute that wasn't even all about me it was all there's like a bigger reason for all of our lessons all the stuff we go through, all of our fails, all of our trials, our tribulations, the stuff that we win, the stuff that we lose, the everything, it's all for a collective conscience, a bigger thing. Yeah, you know, so sure. if we all just do our best, because it's a test. Every day is a test. It's all, especially nowadays, if it's not becoming like more uh, apparent that this is a spiritual test, full out, especially nowadays, we all got to be more mindful of it. And like you wouldn't take that like like then when you slip and fall down and when you relapse and stuff like that, you wouldn't take it so personal because you know it's a lesson. Sure, absolutely. you know what I'm saying. Bryce is a deep thinker, man. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's done some thinking. That's no question about that. Yeah. yeah, which is great because many of us trudge through life and don't really reflect very much, right? And, and I, I think and I have times in my life where I am guilty of that. Like you just get up and you just do the day, and then you go to bed and you wake up and you do the next day and you go to bed. If you reflect on it, you're going to actually continue to grow and learn things. And if you just get it done and just, okay, that's kind of when we're lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, I would agree that a lot. a lot of people are, you know, but I think that we're genetically wired to worry about ourselves. For sure. Right? Yeah. Like you, it's survival. It's For sure. It's your genetics trying to keep you alive. And mm-hmm. so some of that stuff so ingrained. But that is yeah. such a, uh, but that to me is such a snake brain sort of activity, whereas oh, yeah. higher functioning and thinking, we actually start to incorporate thinking about other people and how our actions affect the world rather than just thinking about our actions and how mm-hmm. we can get more of what yeah. we... That's yeah. what Bryce is talking yeah. about, for yeah. sure. Beautiful. Can I... Can I we got, we, we we got, got a, a minute. Yeah, we got a minute left. Yeah. Bryce, I know that you do the Raptor Recovery thing. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on is you're very uh, publicly um, not... I, how am I trying to say this? You're not shy about letting people know that you do medical marijuana. Yeah. You'll be the first person on this podcast to ever talk about from a person-centered place yeah. medical marijuana so i'm hoping to get some of that topic yeah um in the second half of this and and have doc help me out with it right okay. but i th- i think i appreciate 
you know, you coming on here. And in the second piece, I'd really love to dive into that because I think that there are some um, conversations that need to be had, some awareness that needs to be spread, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, so I've always used marijuana, right? We've only got We're, about 15 got seconds. 15 so. seconds. Oh, yeah. We'll get that back. in the second we'll part. Of, we'll come back. Oh, okay. You're good. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back with Bryce Knatzer. Right Brack? <laughs> Did I say right Brack? You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Subs in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. If you or your loved one is trapped in the cycle of addiction, there is a way out. At Steps Recovery Center in Utah, we believe in second chances and new beginnings. Our evidence-based treatments, compassionate staff, and supportive community guide you on the path to recovery. It is time to reclaim your life. Take the first step towards freedom, resilience, and a brighter tomorrow. Reach out to Steps Recovery Centers today. Recovery starts with you. And at Steps, there is always hope. Call us or visit our website to learn more. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Sups in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. All right. Welcome back, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make this uh, second segment happen here momentarily. But first, we'd like a quick word about our friends over at the Hilton Garden Inn. Did you know it's always sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn? Love those guys. Unfortunately, they are sold out this weekend, so I couldn't stay there. I wanted to, but they were sold out, and so it's a good problem to have. Well, that's a great problem to <laughs> for have. Them. A business, yeah. right? Bad for us. Yeah. But, but so, but if you happen to be traveling through Southern Utah, give them a Google search. Type in Hilton Garden Inn. Uh, t- I'll tell you some of the great things about the Hilton Garden Inn. A, I would go staff first. The staff is amazing. They've been always very kind and very helpful to me. Anything I've ever done that, like, I forgot toothpaste. Oh, we'll get you some toothpaste. Oh, we got toothbrushes. Oh, we got spoons. We yep. got, they're very helpful and kind. Uh, amenities are great. Rooms are huge, clean, bright. Um, hot tubs, amazing. Uh, might be better than Sean's hot tub, but I'm not sure yet. We'll see how, we'll see <laughs> we'll, come we'll, seven o'clock. We'll know at <laughs> seven o'clock tonight. Right. Yes, no floaties in the, uh, Hot tub over there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, give uh, Hilton Garden Inn a chance at your business, and I don't think you'll regret it. All right, let's go back. We're on episode 135. This is the second part of our show, and we are talking to Bryce Knatzer, who um, has been telling us a little bit about his story and some of the things that have happened to him. But uh, before we went to the break, Jared wanted to get into a topic. Why don't you lead us off again, Jared? So we've talked about medical marijuana, and, and Doc, you've shared that your big I, um, stance against it is it, it wasn't approved like a traditional medicine. That's a stance. And it's, it, right, right, like it's dispensed not from a pharmacy. Right. So there, there's kind of some of those things that pe- people have opinions on. Out of Berkeley, there was a study that said for there to be, for medical marijuana to be effective, people need to be taking a therapeutic dose. What that means to me is, is it needs to be in a measurable amount. And they talked about on a, on a urine screening that it would be around 500 nanograms or whatever the mathematical equation is that. I think it's a nanograms per milliliter for marijuana. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So 500 nanograms per milliliter. And, and I've shared with Bryce, we kind of talked, of course, before we came on here about one of my things working, uh, I worked, I work at steps now and, and they have a very black and white policy on that, but I've worked at other treatment providers before where they've said, if you have a medical marijuana card, you know, you can still attend services. And to me, there's a difference between a client who's taking a therapeutic dose, it's measured and regulated. And then somebody who's just coming in and their levels are like 10,000. And they can't function in group and they can't have a cognitive conversation like we're having now. And it's like, that's not therapeutic, my man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so Bryce, what does that look like from a person in recovery stance off of you, you shared methamphetamines and opiates? Um, yeah. Like, why did you take this path and what's been your experience so far? Like, 
so this past, like, it wasn't really anything, uh, it wasn't really, so I've always, I've always uh, partook in uh, marijuana since I was like 16, to be honest with you. Uh, and um, I've always partaken in marijuana through my addiction and through my sobriety and, and, and everything, right? Besides when I was on drug court. Um, and the, the difference that I've noticed uh, with like how, uh, I'm, uh, it's, how it's affected me in my recovery is not only like there's, there's ways to use the plant, right? And there's ways to abuse the plant. And it's all about balance. I think that's fair with pretty much every chemical. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So like, like it really, you could like it's all about moderation. Um, and if you're just gonna sit here and uh, so, but like, hold on, let me back you up. Okay. So you have done the in and out of recovery thing before you yeah. relapsed. Yeah. Typically, it's been on the harder drugs, the mm -hmm. methamphetamines, the opiates, things like that. Yeah. So this, you shared it's been. Give me your clean time again. I'm um, clean uh, off of heroin for about a year and two months now and off of meth for 90. At what point in that process did you start doing medical marijuana in uh, since those clean dates from those chemicals? Okay, so since the 90 days, uh, I'd say about 70 days, I'd say 70 days in, uh, uh, I say I've, uh, I've been at this men's tribal house for about 70 days now. Okay, so I, for the past 70 days, you've yeah. been doing that? Yeah, I've been doing it with, uh, this men's tribal house. Uh, it's a, a men's sober living, uh, which they do exercise the uh, the medical marijuana and the, the ketamine treatments and things like that. Okay. It's a different... Uh, what, what I've noticed, just for me personally, uh, since I've been there, uh, what I've witnessed is like a brotherhood of these people that you wouldn't... So you got a lot of people getting straight out of the prison. And you know, there's codes and, and, and ways you gotta live in prison, and it, like, it, sure, it's, it's called antisocial personality yeah, disorder. You know, yeah. So, so you yeah, you're you, familiar you, you, criminal you, thought. You yes. get all these you get all these people uh, out that are on this mentality where it's like holding them account accountable for something is you being a snitch, right? But that's right. you know what I mean. So look, we gotta clear the air here. Look, that's a thinking error, right? We're here to hold each other accountable because we care about you and we want to see you grow. So we're gonna hold you accountable. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna swallow it. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> you sure know? you've worked with some prison it's populations, a, also. I do yeah. currently. I work with a uh, and and one of my jobs a prison population, and that's a tough concept. It, you're exactly it, right. It, it is. I can't hold you accountable because that makes me a snitch. You know what I mean? No, and no, and no, that's no, the mentality no. we right. we must break. That is an addiction mentality. Mm -hmm. And a prison mentality, but mm -hmm. it's a it's a inactive disease mentality, not really just a so recovery mentality is way different than that. Mm -hmm. I would say it's a huge indicator for me on how well a client's doing. Some of the clients that don't fare very well are they have the inability to take accountability, mm -hmm. right? right? Like they cannot be honest with themselves, and so they're not going to be honest with me. They're not going to be honest with their PO. They're not going to be honest with their wife. They're not going to mm -hmm. be honest with their fill in the blank because they can't be honest with themselves. Right? Well, and we can't we can't grow and improve if we don't if we can't receive feedback on what we're doing right now, right? If I know for a fact you're out there using, and I'm sitting in a group with you, and I keep that a secret, man, I have just signed off on your potential death. Yep. Right. Not only that, but then you got to carry that around. That's mm -hmm. kind of heavy. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Guilty by association, really. So it sounds sure. like they're doing a good job. They're doing this medical marijuana piece and the ketamine piece and these alternative methods mm -hmm. that we that is very new to us. And this is hot topic stuff. And a lot of people don't like having these conversations. And I encourage the conversations because I think education information is the answer to a lot of things. And so I appreciate you being willing to talk about this. But it sounds like also at the Sober Living House, they are... They're doing some therapeutic stuff. They're holding Absolutely. each other accountable. Yeah, like so they're holding each other accountable, and they have a moving company. They have a demo company. So we get these guys right out. We got them jobs, and then we'll, they don't they don't get a phone or uh, any money until like sixty to ninety days. Whoa, right? That's so pretty we, heavy. We, and, it, and, it, and it stacks up. So they have everything's taken care of. Your so housing talk and everything. Me, talk to me about why why is that important? Uh, because uh, a lot of people, well, the majority of addicts, when we get out, we don't, I mean, we get money in our hands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it's a bad, that's a bad deal. Straight to the dope man's house. Right. You right. know what I mean? And it's just counterproductive, really. And, it's, and, it, and if you really cared about somebody in recovery, you got to understand what it's like to yeah. be in that situation because I've been there. It sucks. Like, you almost so don't want to, money. They have to earn that trust. Yes. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a real cool thing. The way it's set up, it's awesome. 
um, I'm, I, I really, I'm excited just to be a part of it because there's so much uh, opportunity. There's so much different kind of growth. There's a lot of different people that are like, I mean, people, I, I've met people that have literally like started crying. Like, yo, I've been looking for this my whole life. Like, what do you mean? I've been to all different rehabs and all different kinds of stuff, you know? And it's a blessing that I did, I come across this because a lot of people are dying right now. Everybody knows that. This fentanyl thing's crazy. Like, I lost three friends in a week uh, two months ago. Yeah, I won't argue with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, the annual redemption idea of us, like, congratulating each other annually is a brilliant idea. Yeah. And, 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 and I think it's, it's, we owe it to everybody that's trying to do that for each other. Sure. So that's a that's a concept you talked to me about. We'll get to that. Let's talk about though. So in your opinion, it's it, it, the medical marijuana thing makes more sense than what I'm hearing is than having somebody go back to opiates or using heroin, um, fentanyl, etc. Mm -hmm. I have I have. Th let's dive into this for healthy debate. Okay. There's an argument out there to be said that somebody who's using any mind-altering substances, it eventually they can it, it will lead back to their drug of choice. So, how would you defend that? If I came on here and I said, "Okay, Bryce, my opinion is, if somebody's using cannabis, they're more likely to return back to whatever their drug of choice is in the first place." What would you say to that? I would tell you that your perception is a weapon. Use it wisely. Okay. Because we are what we think about ourselves, and we can literally do anything that we put our mind to. So if you're going to cap yourself on your growth and stunt it like that, that's it's up to you. You can either do something or you can't. That's the bottom line. It's all on whether you say you can or you can't. I try to tell everybody I know, don't say the can't word around me. It's a bad word to me. I don't want to hear you say you can't do something because you can literally do anything you put your mind to. Like, did you know they did a study just recently that I, I just seen it, right? They had this guy sit here and focus on his arms, right? Act like he was working out just thinking about it with his mind. Like two, three weeks later, his arms grew 15% muscle mass. Uh -huh. But do you think that the likelihood of them returning to some of these quote-unquote heavier substances, like the methamphetamines, like the fentanyl, do you think they're more likely or less likely if they have a substance abuse history and they're using cannabis or medical marijuana? I mean, honestly, I can only speak from, from, from my point of view because I'm one of them. I like that. For me, okay, let's start there. For me, it's saving, it's saving my life. It's keeping a needle out of my arm. It's keeping, I, I haven't even thought about heroin or getting high on meth. Like it, 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 turned, it, it turned it off completely. And honestly, I forget I even had a, a drug problem half the time. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I, mean, I can't remember. I used to do that shit. I'm like, dad, I can't believe it. You know, it's crazy. But like, it's it's a blessing because, like, I got ADHD. My mind's always racing a thousand miles an hour, and I need something to sometimes distract it. I don't want to take like uh, Adderall hmm. because that stuff like gets me higher than anything I've ever taken. I think, and uh, and then the other derivatives turn me into like a zombie, and I, I, it's weird. It makes me feel unnatural. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm on drugs. I need to be going a thousand miles an hour all the time to feel normal because that's who I am. Uh, so yeah, that's where I'm at with it. What, so what I hear you say is that's not true for you. Yeah, go ahead, Don. What? Um, so this is a policy of the place where you're currently living, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, can, do you want to name the place or not really? Yeah, it's Men's Tribal. Men's Men's Tribal House. Okay. Where is it located? Uh, there's a facility in uh, Midville and Woods Cross, and I can't remember the other two, but okay. they are located. There's four facilities, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you're living in Midvale? Woods Cross. Woods Cross. Okay, you're living in the one in Woods Cross. How many people are at your particular location? There's four right now. It's a small place. Yeah. Or is it not like uh, it's a, There's the upstairs and downstairs, but there's only four in there. We can fit six total. Okay, but so it, it's kind of a small, it's not a giant house or anything. No. It's a small house, cozy little house. You're all yeah. living together. Mm -hmm. How many have medical marijuana cards? All, all four? All okay. of them. Is that kind of the thing that... Would you say that's the same every of the every one of the locations? Yeah, that everyone's got a card. Yeah, it's it's mandatory when you get involved in it. Uh, so it's mandatory you get your card because we definitely follow we follow, we have to follow all the books. So they're treating it like a mat. It sounds like. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, sure. So it's like we're definitely uh, we're just we're following all the rules and the regulations in order to make this something that could potentially like really help 
the other side of the world that like I mean I'm not saying it's for everybody right I'm just trying to like have all the options available right. well, and I hope you don't feel attacked I, I want to have this conversation oh, yeah, no, and no. bring up because I know people's perspectives I sit in debates and, and hear this stuff working in this field all the time and so mm -hmm. I just want to I have the opportunity to sit down with somebody who's living it let's yeah. have the conversation let's get your perspective let's get your opinions on it and yeah. so I appreciate that um, and I love that you started off with well for me Right, yeah. and I think that that's no, a an, no, that's very right. important thing to <laughs> just pause and. No question, it's not for everybody. Yeah. But there isn't. This is the thing that we learn as we get further and further along in recovery: is there is not one way to do this. No. If there was only one way, then nobody should be offering marijuana. Nobody no. should be doing ketamine. Nobody mm -hmm. should be. Would there, you just do the one way? There, there's hundreds, thousands of ways people get to recovery. The concept of what we want to get to is to improve the quality of our lives. Yes. And if what you're doing is improving the quality of your life, you've gotten there. Yes. Right? I mean, that's a goal. That's a goal we're all trying to reach when we enter into recovery. Yes. If, if, if recovery was just, I'm not using drugs, but my life still sucks and everything's terrible, I, I might as well use drugs. Mm. Right? But what we uh, get out of not well, using is... Our lives improve. And I also, yeah. I also think, too, if we look at the definition of addiction, it's continued use despite negative consequences. Right. And if, if an individual, for whatever reason, can come up with a measurable amount, it's prescribed by a doctor, it's overseen by, it sounds like, um, this organization that's trying this and trying to do this, if the negative consequences of their life go away because they're not, you know, in other words, if we can get, take away the negative consequences, yeah, I mean, if people aren't getting arrested, if people aren't doing right. the, the stuff that goes hand in hand with the substance abuse. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where it's different to me for sure is it's now, it's now legal. It's not, and, and you know, my, one of my objections is how it became legal, but that's not really an issue anymore because it is legal. I don't care about that anymore, but it's now legal. So it's different than if people were out smoking pot that was and committing a felony when they were doing it. Yeah. Right. That's a way different situation yeah. to me. Absolutely. You're living with some, it sounds like people that have histories of doing that. Yeah. And to, from your perspective, the last 70 days, you're seeing a shift, a change in them. Um, like, honestly, it's amazing. Yeah. Like I've been to jail and I've, you know, had, I got friends and I've been in other sober livings and things like that. Uh, what's really cool is like, if it's working like this on the outside, um, if we can get these people that are in the prison medication, mm. right? Yeah. We can we can start yeah. stopping. Again, stuff. my brain always first. I got to be honest. I got to be honest, man. Okay. My brain always yeah. first jumps to that's a terrible idea, and then I <laughs> it does, man. I just got to be honest, and then like I have to pause and go, would it? Yeah. Well. Right. And I, I think that that's why these conversations are important because it's been status quo for so long. Yeah. I, I will say this about my view on that. There's not, <clears throat> excuse me, there's not very much data in the literature that says it's a good idea. But there's not very much data in the literature with people that are doing that either, right? It's just not been well studied. If this turns out to be a really terrible idea, these guys will figure it out. Yeah. Well, it, it checks out. This is, how, this is how I look at it from like the outside outside perception, right? Okay. So like the, the, this is the, the, the system that we've been given, right? And they've told us not to do all these things right. from the get-go. This is what you need to do. This is what it is, right? right? And they told us not to do all these things. They wouldn't benefit financially if we actually recovered. Hmm. Well, there's an interesting point. At the, like like I'm talking like uh, on the outside like the like you know the higher ups the you know the whole right. thing right the right. way it's ran I feel like I mean it's all money to them and that's what breaks my heart about this whole world like we all need to learn to love each other more like this whole money thing being the only form of currency like I want to start doing things where it's like you can donate a shirt of a can of food whatever to get into an event let's right. not like have money be the only currency because I'm sick of seeing people die over a piece of paper. I can't. Right. Is that, was it, come on, are you kidding me? I, I would. The only argument I would have to that is, statistically, the people that pay for substance abuse treatment is Medicaid or Medicare, which is a state run through taxes. So I don't know that there's an entity necessarily that's right. Like a lot of it is the Medicaid, which is a, a public 
um, paid I'll, I'll, taxpayers. I'll yeah. clap back on that. <laughs> on what I said? Yeah. <laughs> okay, go How ahead. How many treatment you centers do you know take Medicaid? Not very many. Okay, valid point. Not very Can many. we get a scorecard in here, Sean? <laughs> I feel like we need a scorecard because we're well, all trying to score some points right. here. No, it's okay. No, yeah, yeah. I, I agree that Medicaid pays a lot of money towards treatment, but there's also a ton of treatment centers. I don't think 20% of treatment centers in Utah take Medicaid. I think it's 80% that don't. But you know all the state-ran facilities that a lot of people get court-ordered to point, are Medicaid no, facilities. That's like the one I went point. through was a Medicaid facility. And it's because I didn't have the money to pay premiums and nobody was paying right. for my private and that, stay. That's a real point. You know, um, my daughter passed away fairly recently, and uh, we were trying to get her into treatment right before she passed away. And she had Medicaid. Uh, it wasn't super easy to find a place, I'll mm. tell you that. A place... Well, she also had worked in the industry, so she was a little picky, too. Picky, choosy. So that didn't help. But it, there's not a ton of places out there taking Medicaid, for sure. The thing I like about this we're is, off topic, though, a little is bit. we're having... Let's bring it back. Yeah, we're having the conversations. And listen, we're not hurting anybody by having the conversation. If you feel very passionate one way or the other, I would ask you to take a look at that and, and maybe ask yourself, am I being close-minded? Right. Because one of the things we ask people to do in recovery is be open-minded. Right. Some of this stuff might sound crazy to you, we tell people at first, but if you take suggestions and follow what's essentially worked since the 1930s when Bill and Bob started this thing. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's stay open-minded to this. The other thing too is just that point. A lot of this stuff was based on 1930 something. No question. Like we've had this topic too, doc, like we might need to be looking at some different alternative options, which again, that doesn't mean I'm just looking at both perspectives. I like to sit in the gray areas yeah. on the conversation. <laughs> well, I can say this. As far as I go, I was a huge, I was definitely against ketamine. And I've done a full 180 on that. Yeah. Because I've seen ketamine do some absolute miracles in people's lives. And I, I, I miracles, I don't think is an exaggeration. Like, no. I've seen it really do some amazing things. And so, yeah, a lot of these things that we first, like, have this knee-jerk reaction to that says, no, don't do that, don't do that. Well, why? Because you think it's wrong? No, right. We've been told what we've been told one narrative for right. so long. Which isn't working very know, well, by the way. Just like, it's just like, 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 let's just try something else. I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm saying let's have other options on right. the table. So, Bryce, right. with that being said, you know we're going to have to follow up in like a year from now and yeah. see if you've gone off the deep end or not. Of right? course, yeah. So, like, you're kind of like our test subject yeah. also, for I'll, the podcast. That's lit. I'm down. I don't know. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure, man, it but you're kind of carrying this like medical marijuana recovery flag now. Yeah. Let's yeah. see what you do. There's, bro. I'm fine with that. Now, I would tell you this. Utah's not a big place for, for what you guys are doing. Yeah. California. Oh, that's an everyday thing. California, tons of treatment centers. So check it out, check it out, check it out. Like, what we're doing is spreading love, mm -hmm. right? Marijuana, the whole marijuana and all that other stuff is just a side effect thing. Like, what we're really trying to get at is, like, genuinely caring about each other. Like, we are all connected, whether we want to, like, believe it or not, and, like, whether people want to actually, like, wake up and, like, realize it. But, like, at the end of the day, we are all on a spiritual journey. This is all a test. And we have been divided in so many different ways. Oh, no question. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the brightest bulb in the box, but I'm definitely here, and I know enough to like know that we're kind of failing together as a whole. Oh, we, need, we need it. Oh, like, you know what I mean? He's looking down, he's like, if I kind of come back down there. <laughs> you know what I mean? so I Some people saying he's going to come <laughs> oh, back down right. here. But I think he's on the way. <laughs> For sure. One he's, of the things, he's on the plane right now. <laughs> one of the things I love about Bryce is Bryce is a feeler, man. Yeah. Bryce is, he's a deep cat. He's an, I, I'm, this isn't an official diagnosis, but he's an empath. Like, I, I just love that Bryce is, he's a feeler and he loves people. He cares about people. He can tear, tell in his music that he, he is a deep person. With that being said, I know you wanted to talk about this thing that you're trying to get up off the ground. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's, we okay. only got a couple of minutes left, so let's get on that. Okay, so check this out, you guys. Um, it's called the Annual Redemption Ceremony. Uh, this is something you're building. Yes. You're, you're trying to create. It's an infancy. Oh, it's going to. It's, so, like, this is going to be a, an event that is going to be. So, like, it needs to be adopted by more than just uh, one person. So, give us the vision. So, like, the vision would be all of us as a community in, in every sector of the world, right? Right? Have these annual redemption, uh, Grammy themed nights, right? Where we 
go around and we congratulate people on their spiritual growth because there's a lot of people in recovery doing some really cool stuff mm-hmm. and they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. So they're not getting validated. I feel like, and that's, that's, uh, that's, we need to fix that. We can all come together and congratulate people and recognize them, give them their roses while they're still alive. Because I mean, this fentanyl is just killing everybody and it's, I'm just trying to come up with as many ideas as I can to yeah. help us along the way. Interesting thing. I'm going to really quick because we're close to out of time, but I don't want to take the rest of your time. But Hollywood and the music industry does this really well. Like the Grammys and the Academy Awards, they come together and it's basically they're patting each other on the back. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. we don't do that. We don't get that. Yeah. We don't get that in real life. Hollywood like, does it every year. Exactly. It's cool. I like it, man. Yeah. I think you know it's I mean? good. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a good idea. You know, my brain being logical always goes to, you know, we would need to get some people behind it. We'd need some funding behind it. We would need some, right? And so that's mm-hmm. that's that's the legwork. That's the stuff yeah. that we got to get. Okay, we got yeah, 50 we seconds I'm left. Down, I'm down for whatever. So you let me know, I'm down. I'll hit put us, in the footwork or whatever. Hit us with, is there anything you want to leave for the people listening? What's your, did you get across what you wanted to get across? You know, um, love yourself okay. to find yourself, and fate will find its way. Beautiful. Tomorrow's never promised so cherish every day what a great mic drop what, what, that's, that's yeah, it. it's almost like he Walk makes out. music man he's a lyrical he's dropping lyrics right. that's lovely here's what i want to get across today okay there's a therapeutic dose right use the therapeutic dose yes okay and i want to get across that i love everybody here and thanks for coming down bryce can answer everybody thanks for uh, joining us on our podcast we will be back next week with episode number 136 Thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Sups, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from a podcast studio.